This is the Blackout Podcast. Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today I have Serena Haynes. Hi. And you are, so I'm getting this correctly, somatic sex coach. Somatic sex educator. Educator. Yep, yep. And a pleasure and intimacy coach. Oh my God, okay. It's a long, it's a yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, I know. I need to get like a little acronym for myself, like <laughs> trademark it. So how do you even get, well, actually, what is it exactly that each of those things mean? Right. So a somatic sex educator is kind of trained in like soma, which is the body. Mm. Okay. So we're trained in uh, feeling um, a little bit deeper into our body when it comes to our sex instead of just genital sex. So we kind of take clients through like you can, you know, working through your breath to kind of fall into your body a little bit more, mm. bringing people out of the performative sex and bringing them back into like pleasurable um, moments of, you know, sexual kind of ecstasy mm-hmm. is hopefully what we can do for people because so, so much of us are surface level when it comes to our sex, right? Like it's penetrative and it's just, it's just, you know, the stuff that we know. And Let's we, get it done. Right. And we don't really sit back and realize that if we take some time that we can have these really beautiful connections inside mm-hmm. of our bodies as well. And working through trauma with some people. Like a oh. lot of women have a lot of trauma. Men have trauma as well. And we hold that in our bodies, right? We know that we, we hold our shoulders up and, you know, we, we go to massage therapists to like get all that stuff worked out. Mm-hmm. Well, as a somatic sex educator, I'm trying to kind of work that out myself with um, body work, uh, giving um, somatic massages and erotic massages and kind of working with adhesions in the body in places that you don't really think that you would hold adhesions. And the, and the pleasure <laughs> coach part? And pleasure coaching is really just, it's a little bit, it's not as deep as that. So mm. I just take all of that training and all of that knowledge and kind of just bring it into the everyday where I can, you know, come and, you know, talk to people about, you know, orgasmic pleasure and how to increase your orgasmic potential with your partner or how to help you learn how to masturbate better for your body mm. or, um, you know, sex toys or how to, you know, why to use lube and all these kind of different things. And then bringing couples in together as an intimacy coach, I work with uh, couples and kind of bring in like neo-tantra work, breath work. What's that? Oh, so, okay. Right? Like, so like breath work and, and um, you know, slow touching and connecting their energy together and, mm. you know, sitting in different kind of sexual positions without actually having sex, but allowing that energy, allowing that sexual energy to kind of roll through you without the, you know, movement uh, <laughs> that we normally, you know, have with sex. And we just allow that sexual energy to kind of build up. And that creates a lot of intimacy between couples. Wow. And how long have you been doing this now? Two years now. Whoa. Yeah, so so let's rewind. What, what led you down this path? Oh, so many things led me down this path, Israel. Like, it was so many different little facets of my life. But like, you know, if we want to go way back, I was always just kind of 
had a huge preoccupation with sex. Like mm -hmm. I could, could not get it off my mind. And I, we're told that, you know, women especially, but you know, we're told that when we can't, we're perverted or, <laughs> you know, like kind of slutty or yeah. kind of, you know, like whatever. So I believe that those were the scripts that I was kind of told. That's the social script that you hear when it comes to anything surrounding sexuality. Mm. Um, so I, you know, I just kind of moved on with life and I didn't think much of it, had some boyfriends and I understood talking to my friends that I was doing and, and liking and understanding things a little bit different than maybe they were at, at a teenage level mm. and moving up through life, <clears throat> knowing that I was always talking about sex and people around me weren't and I felt so out of place. I was like, what do you mean you don't talk about sex? And Wait, so do, do you have sex. siblings? I do. Were yeah. you the only one that was like that? Or? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have one sister. Oh, okay. Um, and even today, she like she's like, could you not say that? <laughs> and I just like I don't understand. It just flows through me so easily. So yeah. it was it, when I found that there was like a profession. Mm. You know, professions validate you, right? Then in your your psychological needs, they validate you. So when I found out that there was like a profession that could you know I could do. I was like, well, that's what I'm gonna do. Mm. That's what I wanna be. I didn't understand. Like, I listened to Sex with Sue growing up on the radio every Sunday night, and I knew, you know, Dr. Ruth was there. And, you know, we, like, I grew up with these, these people teaching me, and they were so knowledgeable and so, um, you know, lovely. Like, there, there was no, there was no devil talk. Like, nobody was trying to get you to go in and, like, have sex underage or do all these, like, nasty things that people were talking about. They were educating. Mm. And even with that education, it wasn't mainstream. We didn't know that it was there, really. You had to tune in at 8 p.m. on, you know, VOCM or whatever AM radio it was to listen to it on Sunday night with Sue. And where I grew up, that wasn't talked about. I mean, I'm sure it was somewhere she was brilliantly popular, but where I grew up, it wasn't popular. So I was kind of doing that up in my room quietly, <laughs> like with my little radio to my ear, like, oh my God, somebody else is talking about this. So I knew there had to be something after I, I you know, life kind of got in the way, had the kids and did the, the housewife thing, but it was always there getting together with moms. They're talking about their kids and complaining about their husbands. And I'm like, but how's the sex? Like how's, <laughs> like, how's that going? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, mine's great. Like, what do you mean? It's not ended. And they're like, well, I haven't. So I knew that there was, um, I knew that there was a space that needed to be created for mm. women personally to feel like they, it was okay to talk about sex and it was yeah. okay to want to enjoy it. Yeah. That's the thing. We needed the permission to want to enjoy it instead mm. of going into it as marital duty. And this is what I have to do, okay. <sighs> <laughs> you know, and that just makes me so sad for everybody when I hear, you know, couples together and, you know, one or both don't want to have sex. Or, you know, the cycle has kind of dwindled so much that one of them considers it a chore. And the second that, you know, the second you would touch your wife, she'd be like, oh, my God, get off me. You know, mm -hmm. this kind of thing. That happens for a reason. There are reasons behind that. It's not that one or both are not interested in having sex. It's really a couple, well, a lot of things that can happen, whether how long you've been together, the kids, you know, strains that are going on in your day and all this kind of thing. But mm. underneath it all, we're all really sexual creatures, right? Mm. And we're really primal and we crave that intimacy with our partner, but mm. we don't like being vulnerable. So when we become vulnerable and we say, well, I would like to have sex with you tonight and you say no, then we get really butt hurt, right? And we're like, oh, he rejected me. So now I'm not going to ask again. Mm. And then that cycle starts, 
where it's like, well, I'm not going to ask. I'm going to wait for him to ask this time. And then maybe he doesn't ask because he's like, oh, well, she's acting like a little cold bitch today. Like, I'm not going to ask her. And he's just like, well, you didn't ask me either. And I look at it and I'm like, guys, do you see? Like, you both love each other so very much. Like, if we can have an open conversation about sex mm. and instead of like pretending you didn't want it, you have permission to always say you did. What could that change in your relationship? Mm. So that's what I like to try to help people do. So um, then, I mean, then you. How did you find out that? So how did you find out it's something you could study? A lot of online research. Honestly, I didn't know where to go. I've mm. got to be honest with you. Everything that everything I looked at brought. I have a psych. I have a. I did psychology in, in university, so I, I have that background. And you touch on human sexuality really, really quickly, but then you blow through it, and it's really just anatomical stuff. And you kind of like move through. So when I looked back, I was like, oh, everything that brought me to where I wanted to be required. Um, degrees, masters, PhDs, and all this stuff, and it was all therapies. Mm. So that really didn't appeal to me. That's not really what I wanted. I didn't want to sit in an office and be clinically, you know, having these therapy sessions with people. Mm -hmm. I wanted something hands-on. I was like, well, how did Sex with Sue get her stuff? And, you know, Dr. Ruth and all this stuff. And then I found, honestly, I found Sex with Emily. And she is the modern-day Sex with Sue. And she has a show. She's in California. And I started listening and following her and hearing just the huge array of I say qualifications, but just knowledge that she's acquired over the years. And through her found another few sex coaches, you know, that are not here because it's it's quite small. Even Canada for it is quite small. Mm -hmm. um, Jess O'Reilly is another one and she's based out of Toronto and she's huge. She's a, a pleasure expert. So or a sexologist actually. So she's got her masters and then she did sexology. So I looked at all of these women that I idolized and I was like, what can I do that is going to get me to where I want to be? So Sex with Emily, um, Emily Morris is her name, and she, um, she did a lot of somatic studies. So I kind of looked into somatic studies. And sure enough, in Canada, in BC, we have a somatic sex institute. Yeah. Um, it's the Institute for Somatic Sex Studies. Um, so I applied. I applied and I've been doing that now for two years. It's a, it's almost going to, I don't want to say it's a constant learning process, but it really is. Mm. So I've been doing that and there's like a few phases of that that you go through, um, didactic and then hands-on and then didactic and you go through the whole thing. And along with that, taking then different courses that I can um, online, wherever I can about relationships and intimacy and just moving forward. Do you have to go to BC? Yes, you do. Oh. Yeah, I haven't been able to because of COVID yeah. for this terms um, <clears throat> session. So did they move it all online? Or? They did, yeah, they moved it online. So I'm doing some of the- How is it like, now. do you just go on the website and press play or is it like interactive? No, for the first, well, for the first one, you just press play um, and it's, it's um, you know, self-led learning. So you can just do it for the, for the any of the in-persons that are now online, mm. it is live. So you sit there with your mentor mm. and you have um, a client that you bring in and you walk through um, an erotic massage with them and genital mapping and all of these things that we're learning to do mm. um, on a screen while it's being videoed. And then your mentor is kind of there with you, walking you through it and talking. Um, but you're watching them, it's not they're watching you, like, do you have to do hands-on with someone mm -hmm. here or...? Yeah, so I would have to have, so it's both. I'd be watching them do their work and having like a classroom setting. And then there are times then when I need to have like a, a prop, 
a person, mm. right? And then that person is there, and then I work through what I'm doing with them. Um, it's not like they're not because of the intimate nature of the work, the video is not focused on the intimate parts mm -hmm. necessarily, but it's focused on how I'm talking and interacting to my client, okay. right? And asking them what do they need and how do they need to be touched and how do they need to feel right now? So mm -hmm. it, somatic massages and erotic massages through somatic sex studies is really based on how you, as my client, need to be touched and what you feel. How will I know how I need to be touched, though? Maybe you don't, right? <laughs> Maybe you don't. Maybe there's something happening and you just want to come in and kind of, um, you know, normally a client doesn't come in and immediately get on the table and we do that, right? Like that's over the course of, of oh, gotcha, time. Gotcha. So you'd come in with me with, you know, maybe it's a self-esteem issue, maybe it's a sexual issue, maybe it's an intimacy issue, and we'd have mm. talk therapy, we'd talk about it, and we'd do those things. We'd work through, you know, meditations and breath work and exercises that you would do at home, and then there would come a point where you would say to me, you know what I'm capable of. I never actually, um, part of the ethics of this is that we don't actually put ourselves out there as um, like, hey, why don't I give you an erotic massage? Like, that's not necessarily what I do, but you say, I'm ready to be touched. My job is to help people verbalize uh, their need to receive. Mm. Does that make sense? So when I have a client on my table, I don't say, I'm going to touch you on your back now because I feel an adhesion. I say, my hands are on you. Where would you like me to go next? And then that requires the person to not go into like a massage state. You know, you go get a massage normally and you're like, Do your oh, thing. I'm like, yeah, whatever, don't even talk to me kind of thing. Mm. It's really interactive. It's quite interactive. So, okay, so let, let's, so you do the course and now, yeah. um, do, do you work like individuals or couples? Both. Okay. Both, yeah. I usually work with women individually. Um, I don't tend to have many men come in because... I just don't. I they don't they don't they don't come in to want to have what I have to offer because I think a lot of them are afraid of what it is that I offer. And also, honestly, um, it's not a place that I feel really comfortable mm. right now yet. Uh, but couples come in, and when the couples come in, it's actually one of my favorite things because I teach them to do it with each other. Okay, so let's start with the individual female. Yeah. Uh, she comes in, how do they, like, do they, like, do you have a website or, mm -hmm. so, so the person goes to your website, says, you know, I'd like to do this, and then what happens from there? So they come in, we'll have, like, our first consult, and we'll, like, talk about the issues that they're having, and honestly, it depends on where that goes, right? So if we were going to go all the way, let's say the client who wants to go all the way says something to me like, um, you know, I don't masturbate, I don't like touching myself. And when I'm with a partner, I really can't seem to relax into it. I've never had an orgasm. Mm. Um, and if I have, it's, you know, it's really hard or sex hurts or, you know, something like that. And so we'll talk about why, right? Because there are reasons why. Um, as a sex coach, we never go back. Like, I'm not a therapist, right? So we never go back to your past, but we try to take your past and move forward with it. So I'll, you know, ask them what's going on with that. And then we get into uh, self-exploration. So the first thing I'll do with a woman is ask her if she's ever actually looked at her vulva. Do you know what your vulva looks like? Like Has sit down, use a mirror. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Legitimately, right? Have you ever sat What, what is the ratio of people that have done it and haven't done it that you've met? Oh, uh, that I, no women have done this. Uh, that I've met, you know, mm. like there are women. I mean, I'm sure if we had some stats, like there definitely are. But the women that I bring this up to, 
they are, they're floored. They're like, what do you mean? Yeah, right? I, I mean... don't look at it. <laughs> I clean it and then I cover it and then only he sees it or only she sees it, only the partner sees yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's my first thing. When somebody says to me, well, only my partner sees it. And I'm like, okay. But if you don't know what it looks like, then how do you know what to tell your partner to touch? Mm. Right? And then they start going like that. They go, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so you don't touch your vulva? Well, no. Well, how do you expect your partner to know how to touch your vulva? Like, you can't tell them. He doesn't have one. Let's say it's a heteronormative relationship. He doesn't have one. Mm. How is he supposed to know? And then we hear all these jokes about how the men can never find the clitoris. I'm like, because the women don't know where it is either. <laughs> like, I want women to say, I'm so comfortable with my clitoris and I'm so comfortable with my vulva that if I'm with a man and he's on my leg, <laughs> pretend, you know, I'm not going to feel so yeah. frozen. I'm going to be like, yeah, no little wrong. grasshopper. <laughs> this way. Right? And feel really confident in saying that. Imagine if you were with a woman and she was trying to like give your knee a hand job. You'd be like, oh, no. You wouldn't feel nervous, would you? You'd just be kind of like, it's up here. Yeah. Like there's something because you would think to yourself, this is really strange. Yeah. But women don't think to themselves, this is really strange. They mm. think, well, it's very normal. My clitoris is hard to find, and it is hard to have an orgasm, and it is not nice to go down on because it smells bad and it doesn't look like porn. These are the things that I need women to stop saying to themselves. Mm. That's such negative self-talk. You would never look at another person and say negative things to them generally. We don't make people feel bad on purpose. Mm -hmm. But women make themselves feel bad on purpose because of these social scripts that we've had for centuries, mm. right? So I need women to start saying to them, to start holding themselves at such a high standard that they say to themselves, my vulva is the most magical vulva you're ever going to see in your mm. life. And you're going to be really lucky when you get to, to, to have a chance to be there. You know, one of the funniest things with COVID is you just watch TV all day, mm. right? So you run out of things to watch and then uh, Netflix suggested, so they suggested this, it's like a reality show and it's about this hot people trying to get them to like not see each other as sexual objects. I saw that. Uh, uh, too hot to handle or something like that. Inside. So, but one of the things they did for the ladies was to have them kind of stay in this thing and then look at their pussy and then draw it. That was interesting. It's beautiful. I couldn't believe that they actually did that. I mm. was floored. I was like, yes, you are, because this is what I do. My Vulva mm. Revolution workshops, that's what, what we do. So I get women together. I get like a group of eight to 10, depending on the COVID standards now, but eight to 10 women, and we get together and I walk them through a full, basically personal erotic massage. So we start off with, you know, talking about our shame stories. What did you think? What do you think about your body? What do you, what have you heard about your body? What kind of stories do you tell mm -hmm. yourself? What are your sexual experiences like, you know, and all the shame that comes along with that. And we go through that. Then we start getting naked and they'll take off their tops first. I'll, we'll go slow. And if at any point the women are in the room and they feel like they don't want to, there's always options not to just disclaimer. Mm -hmm. um, and you can still come and enjoy the energy, but they take off their tops and then we start doing, I teach them how to do a breast massage, not a nipple massage, not nipple play. That's erogenous, right? That's great. But the breast tissue that, it, that we have, men as well, is really a beautiful, pleasurable place to be and to get the blood flowing. It's really healthy to kind of get the, you massage the lymph and like all kinds of really nice things happen. Mm. So we oil up and all the women give themselves a breast massage while I walk them through kind of a meditation. So like I'll, I'll be reading um, a meditation that I have written out while they're doing this, kind of a, like a self-love 
meditation. So mm -hmm. as they're doing this to themselves, usually with their eyes closed, I'm reading some beautiful words and they're able to kind of expand into those words and kind of hold on to that. Everybody is there for themselves. That's the thing that people realize really quickly is that mm -hmm. nobody's looking around. Nobody cares what you're doing. They're really just focused on themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's really nice. And then we walk through um, a few other like talks and I do another little meditation and then we take our pants off and we look at all of our vulvas. So individually, right, we're not up looking at each other's. That is another thing that I'm planning on doing. But um, in the beginning, stage one is get your mirror. I have mirrors for everybody. And they sit and they look at their vulva and they write little love notes to it. Oh, wow. Right? So they'll, I have sticky notes and they'll write, you know, like, I really love the color or I really love the way you're shaped or I really love the way you and talk to it like it's its own entity, mm -hmm. right? And give it some love because we never really do. We shame it a lot, mm. right? We get surgeries to remove our labia to make Yeah, them... that one is weird, actually. <sighs> There's so well, much I, I remember reading up about that and I'm thinking... Why, like, why would anyone do that? Okay, so now here's, these are the moments. These are the moments that catapult me forward because I never thought about that either. I guess I'm one of these women who just really, I was like, what, my vulva's amazing. <laughs> and it always has, like, I'm, it was never, I can't even wrap my head around mm. somebody looking at themselves and feeling such utter shame for the mm. way that they look, that they go and get something, you know, drastically done. I mean, and it changes your, your clitoral composition and people are, you know, not being able to enjoy pleasure anymore. And, you know, I could go on and on. I don't have all of the like medical knowledge on that, but I'm studying up on it. There's a few people that I'm following now who have so much information on that. Mm. But anyway, so to sit there and have the women do this for themselves, and then I get them to touch themselves and not necessarily in a master, like a masturbation way, more like a self-love way, mm. right? Like, have you ever actually oiled up and touched your labia? Have you ever actually oiled up and touched your vulva? Mm. Um, you know, touched your anus, touched your perineum. Have you actually done that without tissue on your hand? Or a piece of so the perineum is between the gap between right gotcha. yeah right so the perineum between the vaginal opening and the anus so that we'll go there we don't necessarily go toward the anus it's just I don't know it's just not in the repertoire for the night mm. but there's no reason why not anal massage is actually quite stimulating and beautiful as well um, so when I can get the girls to do that they first of all they realize nobody's watching which is amazing they have this really up close and personal moment with a part of their body that they've never had before. Mm. Both, probably. I mean, a lot of women, we just throw a bra on and our shirts and we're not allowed to go around topless. We're not allowed to accept these parts of our bodies, right? Mm. So having a space where they're allowed to accept those parts of their bodies and just kind of let them flow, the energy in the room changes really quickly. Um, it goes from like a really kind of cold, everybody, you can kind of see that everybody's in their own little entity to like this really nice flow of energy where people start laughing and you can see people start to look at one another finally. And, you know, everybody opens up and by the end of the night, we're kind of naked eating chocolate and strawberries and like <laughs> hugging each other. So it's not like the pillow fight that like a lot of people <laughs> think, but like but it's a, a revolution. Right? that's a whole other How thing. How did you come up with that name? I, it just felt right. I mm. didn't really, I don't know, the vulva revolution. I was like, this is a revolution and let's just throw our pussies. It was actually called pussy revolution, but people were like, that's a little harsh. Like maybe <laughs> maybe to, to get more people in. And I understand that. Like, mm. I really do go full on. Like, I will dive in with all the terminology. There is not one word mm. that I'm that makes me shake or, you know, feel shameful about or anything. Mm. So I tend to use them and then... I have some really brilliant people in my life who'll be like, okay, 
But if you want to appeal to the masses, maybe you can soften that down a little bit. So we're mm. going to go Volvo Revolution. Okay. That's my so favorite. let's go back to the lady. She comes in and then you have this talk with her and yes. get her to touch herself. Yes. And then... Well, no, I do the touching. Oh, 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 okay. So if she's in there with me, um, if she wants, like if she wants to do the touching herself, she can, but I usually give that as exercise at home. Okay. So when she comes into me, she lies down, she's on her belly. Um, we've gotten to the point of massage. I'm massaging her back just like a, you know, just like you would get like at a spa or whatever. The point is not to release adhesions in the body. That's not my job. That's not my, my forte. I'm just there to relax you. So I just give you a really nice relaxing massage. Then you roll over and then I do what you do for yourself in the vulva revolution. Mm. So I give a breast massage while you're breathing into it. So now I've also, before this has happened, we've done exercises into our breathing techniques and how breathing into our yoni, our pussy, our vulva, our womb space, and taking that energy and then breathing it out. And so we're circulating this. So while I'm doing the work, she's actually doing work as well focusing on that breathing and moving that energy through her body. Mm -hmm. While I'm touching her, I will say things like, where would you like me to touch you now? So then she'll say, well, I really like those circles, right? So now I'm working toward her having the art of receiving. She's receiving this pleasure. Um, there are points where there's no talking and where you can just kind of feel that energy and I'll go through that. So then I give her a breast massage and then go down and give her a tummy massage, which is sometimes the hardest place to touch because most women don't want their bellies touched. Mm -hmm. So that, as soon as I go and touch a woman's belly, I can feel her, like, her entire body tightens up and she's like, like, she's got to be skinny, you know? Like, and that's a really, that part of the body requires a lot of attention. So we stay there for a long time until Why? she's able to relax. Because there's so many um, scripts around what a, a woman's belly is supposed to look and feel like. It's supposed to be tight and little and small. And when you have the rolls or you have the little soft bellies, or maybe it isn't as small as you wish it was, maybe you still have your 10 pounds on because don't we all all the time? Like, who cares anymore? Mm. That vulnerability is a really big deal. There are a lot of couples that say there is an unspoken rule that I never, like, like in, in like a, like the man in the relationship will say, like, I never touch her belly mm. when we're cuddling. It's unspoken. I'll go from hips up the side to the breasts, but I will never go over the belly. And she'll say the same thing. Like if he ever touches my belly, I'd be like, get off me immediately. And it's such a sad mm. thing because it's a really beautiful place to mm -hmm. be. Most of the people that I work with have been in relationships for a really long time. So maybe there's children involved and, or you've gone from your 20 year old body into your 45 year old body. And that's not going to be the same all the time. Mm. Sometimes it will. Great. Congratulations. But a lot of the time it isn't. Mm -hmm. And we need to accept ourselves every, at every stage, mm. right? We're never going to be able to kind of go all the way back to where mm. it was. And I guarantee you that even all the way back there, she didn't love her 20 year old belly either because <laughs> that's right. Cause at the time she was like, Oh, I wish it was tighter. I wish it was. that's just a constant narrative mm. in most people's heads. Right? I'm not even going to say women. I think that men do the same thing, but we just don't talk about it. Mm. Um, so working with her belly is a really, really beautiful place. And that's where, that's where her womb space is. That's where like her uterus is and everything is in there. That's a really high energy place to be on a woman. So I'll play with that for a little while and work through and then get down to the vulva and then just start. Um, there's a, there's a, a mapping that I'll do and I'll play, I'll do, um, like the pubis first with pubic hair and stuff. And we do that. And then I'll just massage the outer labia and the inner labia and then ask her like, how would you like me to touch you now? Do you want me to do more of that? And she's breathing. Like it's a, it's a whole operation, mm. right? Like it's a whole thing is happening and she'll tell me where to touch. And then I'll go down to the um, introitus. So the opening of the vagina. 
and just kind of lay my thumb there. Now, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to lay my thumb there. Sometimes penetration is the problem, right? Sometimes I have women come to me with trauma from penetration. So I'm not there to push you into that. I'm there to help you receive that, right? I want you to receive that pleasure. So if she's ready, then we'll go in and I'll map the inside of her vagina to a point where... Map. So I'll go in with my fingers, just like, you know, you would generally if you were with a, with a partner. But I'll but there's certain little um, exercises. So there's kind of like an around-the-clock exercise where I'll go in and I'll start at 12. And I'll just kind of push. And then I'll go to one and push and two and push. And while I'm doing that, I'm saying, how does that feel? What are you feeling right now? Sometimes she'll say nothing. Sometimes she'll say that feels good. Or sometimes she'll say that's, uh, it, there's a lot of pain there. Mm. So I'll just keep that in mind. And then I go around the clock, 12. So I just find it, just the two inches, just the vaginal opening, right? So find that. And then if there are, is any pain, then we go back to that pain. And we work with it because generally, unless there's like a, a you know, a, a bigger medical condition involved, a lot of the pain that we feel in our vaginal canal are adhesions of stress and trauma. Oh. So just like your shoulders or like any muscle group, mm. they can have knots in them. So I'll go in and then I'll work that out. So I'll just sit there and I'll just play with that for a minute, right? So like there's a little knot there and I'll just hold it and just kind of work with it for a minute and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it it can break up right away and she feels this like amazing pleasure and sometimes it hurts too much and we stop. But this is the thing, it's a therapeutic moment, right? Like it's not just, um, you know, me providing this pleasure all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then there, there, there are women who come in and they're really open to everything and I can just kind of bring them into more of an orgasmic state um, while they're breathing and teach them how to hold on to that orgasmic state because we have such a large Com like complex organ, uh, like our clitoris is huge and people don't realize that and a lot of women don't realize that. And so when they're able to understand that their clitoris goes all the way inside of their bodies and I can work with that, then they can't go back to the it other. It goes all the way inside the bodies. Mm -hmm. Sure does. <laughs> Sure does. There's four inches of erectile tissue what? in the clitoris. It's huge. That's what I should have brought with me. I don't, I, there's a little, there's a, there's like a, like a 3D model of a clitoris. Oh. And it's funny because I do this usually when I do like video calls and I don't know how it'll translate being on video right now, but I generally use my face because I can see myself on the video call. Mm. And I say like the clitoris that you see on the outside is like my nose. Mm. And when you see this and then you see a diagram, you'll never be able to look at my face again without, <laughs> without being like, there's the clitoris. <laughs> but there's a clitoris here and then the large um, cheeks, like my cheeks are like the, the large bulbous bulbs of erectile tissue. And then there's smaller um, erectile tissue in the middle. It's like a wishbone. Mm. That's what the clitoris looks like. And when the clitoris gets engorged, it, there's like four to five inches of erectile tissue, and it takes 20 to 30, 40 minutes for that tissue to be fully engorged. And when it of does, what? of like, blood. I guess what? Of blood. Like when a man gets an erection, no, it's no, the like, exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, but like, I guess, no, I'm asking the wrong question. Mm -hmm. What I want to ask was what gets it to engorge? Like what? Patience. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> Generally, no, like any kind of pleasurable touch, yeah. right? But not necessarily direct stimulation. That's oh. the thing that people don't understand is that like a woman's clitoral, um, the whole complex can be engorged. The same as if you think of, 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 a, of like a penis, it, 
you can, your penis can become engorged by having your neck kissed, mm. right? The same with the clitoral complex, oh, right? Okay. So it's just that time, that time for a woman's body to go, oh, we're not at work right now. We're not doing the dishes. We're not yelling at the kids. We're not da-da-da-da-da. We're here. We're here now. And it takes us a lot longer to kind of shut our heads off mm -hmm. and allow our body to do the work that it needs to do. Mm -hmm. And, of course, men, it takes you guys um, like three to five minutes to get to peak orgasmic potential mm. and it takes us 40 minutes there's like <laughs> there's actually like a legitimate gap there right yeah. and it's okay we don't have to speed the women up and we but we kind of have to slow the men down yeah. a little bit but my job is to maybe get the women a little more kind of in an idol already all the time in mm. their bodies by teaching them pleasure activities and sensuality activities so that they're kind of What are some of there. these activities you Well, teach? just anything really. Keeping mindfulness is what I like to do. So really? when I like to keep women in a in a state of, or, uh, I say orgasmic pleasure, but it's more like just a state of pleasure by taking pleasure in the little things, mm. right? Like as I'm talking to you right now, for example, my lip gloss is like making my lips a little bit sticky, but I really like the feel of it. And I'm focusing on that even while I'm talking to you. And and it makes me feel really feminine. So maybe you have a heated steering wheel in your car and it's a really cold day. Don't just drive to work. Enjoy that heated steering wheel, right? When you're drinking, enjoy that. Take moments to, like your warm coffee or tea or something, take moments to eat um, erotically. So that's a little exercise I like to do with men and women is you can do it alone or you can do it with people. It doesn't matter. But when you're eating something, mm -hmm. we always say eat slow to like help your digestion and all of these non-sexy things, but eat slow to help your sex. Like take a piece of fruit or take that spaghetti and slurp it in and hold it there. Like make love to your food a little bit, like mm -hmm. tease your food, flirt with your food, do that. And you feel ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. Like most of us will feel ridiculous doing it, but mm -hmm. there's nobody judging you there. And you're really just feeling it. So like have the first time that I, that I have people take a strawberry and just let it disintegrate in their mouths instead of chewing it up, they're like, I didn't realize it tasted this way. Oh. Because we just throw things, right? Just eat them. Mm -hmm. But if you let something just sit in your mouth and you allow, you know, all of your taste buds to kind of blow up, then that's something different, you know? And if you're in the shower, for example, take some time in the shower. You don't have to do it every day. Sometimes we can't do it every day, but take some time in the, sh in the shower to really lather up. And once you're lathered up, rub your body. Like rub your body the way that you want a lover to rub your body. Feel the soap on your body. Feel everything just kind of, and like if we can keep ourselves in this like constant state of like little grin mm. all day, Especially for women, because it takes us so long to kind of physiologically get ready for sex and pleasurable sex, if we're kind of already there, if we're already loving on ourselves today, then when it's time for partner play, mm. we're kind of, you know, a third of the way there or an eighth of the way there. You know, I won't go too crazy to say that we're halfway there or anything, but there's those little moments that you're, you, you've already tapped into those for the day. Mm. So let's go back to this lady. So you do all these things and then what? Well, it depends. If she wants to orgasm, then she orgasms. And if she doesn't, and if that's not where we are yet, then I just finish up my session. Like How long is this session Time for? sessions are probably an hour. Okay. Give or take an hour. Um, I never rush people off the table, though. Like, if we're in the middle of, like, a breakthrough, then you're not going to be rushed off. Like, I'm not going to be like, okay, no, sorry, time to go, get dressed. <laughs> but I'll give, like, 10 or 15 minutes leeway on either side of my own time anyway, mm. just to just 
for those just in case. So then she'll just, I'll, you know, give her a moment and kind of ground her. Afterwards, it's really important to ground, um, I say your partner, right? When I teach this in partner play, it's important to ground. So after an orgasm, generally when we're with our partners, it's nice to get like a cuddle or a hug or we orgasm and then like we, we're really tense and we squeeze our partners, something happens, right? When we're in like an actual meeting. But when you have that orgasmic um, energy in mm. your body, if you don't expel it or have an internal orgasm, it's all just sitting there, right? So the easiest way to explain this to the general population is the what we consider blue balls. Okay, so that feeling that, you know, we've all been taught is detrimental, which by the way, you guys, sorry, it's not. And I'm going to teach all the women in the world that it's not detrimental to your health. Um, <laughs> is love? No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know how many times, what did I, well, I said the other day, somebody was like, yeah, but then you'll cause blue balls. And I was like, how many times in my life have I walked away with a throbbing pussy because he couldn't bring me to orgasm? Are you kidding me right now? I did not die. You're not going to die. Like, I get so angry. I get so mad. I'm like, not happening. We're not doing that anymore. We are not having that conversation anymore. There are that many pussies walking around that are just like dying because they haven't had an orgasm. Anyway. Mm. Anyways, back to the topic. So I ground them. So I take them and um, kind of put my hands on top of their pubis mm. and just push and just ground and then like kind of massage that energy back out into their body. So it's not all, um, you know, just focused right there in the genital genitalia because that, that does, it hurts, right? I mean, it, it'll go away, but like it's uncomfortable and mm. there's a lot of blood flow there now. So we take that and just kind of disperse that energy and just give her a minute to kind of come back to real life and come back to what's going on around her. And then I leave. I just leave the room and she can lie there for upwards to five minutes or so, which is quite a long time when you're by yourself and just kind of let everything integrate and let her kind of come back. And then we have a little feedback session afterwards. What felt great? What didn't? And what do you want to work on next time? Mm. You know, did you, the, what I love the most is did you find a way to ask your partner for that? Right? Because so, she's talking to me. And after we have a couple of sessions together, it's, it gets less of me saying, how would you like me to touch you? And more of, can you touch my left labia? Can you rub the left side of my belly? Can you da 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 Because she's getting to know her body for the first time yeah. without feeling the need to perform. She's only receiving. I am fully clothed. There's no reciprocation happening. There's none of that happening. This is the therapeutic model where she lies down and I teach her to receive and enjoy the pleasure and teach her to um, acknowledge what feels good and what doesn't, even if it's not typical, mm. right? That's the other thing. Like maybe you never, maybe there are women out there that don't want their clitoris touched at all because it hurts. Well, there's a lot of ways that a woman can enjoy pleasure without having direct clitoral stimulation, mm. right? Indirect clitoral stimulation is really underrated. We don't realize that, but- Indirect. Indirect, like not actually touching the little P, but everything around it, okay. right? Vulva, like touching the vulva in different places, touching the labia. Mm. Like, you know, not to put anybody on the spot, but I generally like to ask men just a rhetorical question to think to yourself. But when you've been with your partner, if you're with a woman, how often do you actually lick and touch and suck and give love to the labia? We go straight for the vagina and for the clitoris. Those are the mm. things that we're told. But the, the inner curves of her thighs are really sensitive. The inner skin of her thighs are really sensitive. The mons pubis is really sensitive. Where pubic hair is or may be, mm. 
that part of the body on a woman, on a man too, is actually really quite sensitive to touch and it can handle a lot of pressure because it's a harder place. Um, pubic hair, people don't think about it, but you can kind of like give little kind of pulls or like rub like on pubic hair. Like a plane hop. <laughs> For real. And like give that, that area just a little bit of love and it's really stimulating mm. and people don't know that because... Porn doesn't teach us that. No. Right? Porn doesn't teach us to love on labia. Mm. Porn teaches us to smash a pussy. <laughs> so uh, it's my job to bring everybody back to real life a little bit. And, okay, so how many sessions would she need? Would That's really say? personal. It really doesn't. Oh, okay. It depends on the woman, right? It depends on the woman. She may come in and that might happen. We might do one and she'd be like, oh, I really don't like this. I'm, I'm not coming back. I'd be like, that's great. Okay. Or it'll change to, you know what, let's not do body work anymore. Let's just do talk therapy. As a sex coach, the thing is most of our clients don't come in um, for long, 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 long sessions, like uh, repeated sessions. Sometimes, and I, have, I've, I see this with men a lot, I have a lot of men come to me and all they want is validation. They want somebody to validate that what they feel sexually, what they need, what they desire is okay, mm. right? Because a lot of our desires are considered a little taboo or perverted or anything. Now, if there's anybody gonna get hurt or you know, you know, violated in any way, that's a different story. Mm. But if they enjoy you know, masturbating with a towel or with a bed sheet or you know, with a bottle of soap, I don't know, like, well, I, I'm just trying to go like create, that's okay. So they'll be like, oh, I feel really, like perverted because like this is how I like it. And I'm like, that's okay. Mm. And as soon as I say that's okay, they're like, really? It's okay? <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm. it is okay. Now the problem that I'll face sometimes is that if, if, if penis owners have a way of masturbating that is really hard to replicate for a partner, that's where I see a lot of issues because couples come in and he says, I can't orgasm. Mm. I have delayed ejaculation. And she says, well, I don't know. Or he says, I don't know how to help my partner because... I'm doing everything that I know how to do, mm. but the partner doesn't want to admit the way that he wants it to be done the, and the way that he self-pleasures. Mm. And if we can't replicate sometimes the way that you self-pleasure, then if that's the if that's the neurological pathway that you have to pleasure mm. and that's the only way that it's going to get done, then you need to have the confidence to say, go get that soap bottle and run it over. <laughs> the, and it sounds silly, mm. but if that's what it takes to develop that intimacy with mm -hmm. your partner, and you can have that for that moment, then we can work with soap bottle and then kind of ease its way out because we can develop other neural pathways because our brains are really plastic that way. It's a really beautiful thing to do. Mm. There are a lot of um, uh, people who have disabilities that can't feel their genitalia, but they can have orgasmic pleasure because they've, they've conditioned their bodies on certain parts of their bodies to replicate what it feels like to be sexually stimulated. Wow. Um, what of a couple? What do you do with couples then? The couples come in and I really, with couples, it's really fun because I have like a, a phase program that I work through with them and I really love that. So I bring the couples from talk therapy to orgasmic meditation. So I really like that? that. So orgasmic meditation is when you sit with your partner and you stimulate them one way, no, re no reciprocation, kind of like what I do. But if, if it was um, a female receiver, so there's a vulva there, um, we... <laughs> We bring you into orgasmic meditation by stimulating your clitoris for 15 minutes at a steady pace and a steady touch while all you do is lie there and breathe through it. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. <laughs> Are there people that just like be, I guess you paid your money, so might as well stay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they love it. 
They love it because, I mean, again, it's a phase program. So, like, by the time we get there, like, everybody's pretty excited to, mm. like, get to this point. And we're lying there and, you know, one partner is working with the vulva and kind of, like, playing with the clitoris. And the partner the first time is like, well, I don't feel anything. And then the second time they're like, oh, I think I feel something. Mm. And then maybe by the third session, there's, like, some really high-intensity orgasmic, uh, like, energy flowing through the room. So like it doesn't always happen the same way that you think an orgasm is going to happen either like with sex because the meditation we've worked through breath work to kind of like harness that energy and move it through your body. The whole point is to not have these little sneeze orgasms in our genitals and to bring our orgasm up through our whole bodies and just kind of allow it to like I I say to people like you want every cell in your body to kind of have a heart on Mm. like to kind of like be oscillating with pleasure. Okay, it's you a know lot. What? <laughs> we have so much to talk about, I know, but it's like a I'm lot. running out of time. I so, know. so I think we should have another one soon. Yes, I'd love to. But um, I guess what's what are some other ways people can get in touch with you? So I have a website, but the easiest way is to go through my Instagram link. So my Instagram is um, sdh underscore rewilding, and on there is my linked account, and then my website is in there, and then on my website is all my pricing and options and everything. Um, I don't like people being really too nervous to get in touch with me because it doesn't always have to be this intense, right? We talk about all the the bigger, intense things that I do. Mm. But like I said, I've had clients come to me and we've gone for a walk in the park for an hour and have their concerns validated or like a couple of, so I'm there for that as well. Like there's a lot of facets to the things that I'm able to do for you. Mm. I like to kind of end that because when we talk about orgasmic meditation, (laughs) erotic massages, people are like, no, I'm like, and I can also come and do talks. Like I've had, I've been into uh, rooms where like they've been women so far, but it can be couples, just dinner parties. And Mm. they'll hire me to come in for two hours and just pick a topic. What do you want to talk about? Blowjobs? You want to talk about, you know, bum sex? You want to talk about boobs? You want, what do you want to talk about? Let's do it. And I just do a presentation on that while they sit there and have their drinks and their little hors d'oeuvres and we have a laugh. And so it's kind of like one of those like sex parties with the toys, but I don't have the toys necessarily to sell. I'm just kind of giving you all the information you need to bring home to your partners. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to end with this. What's the plan moving forward? Oh, I've got so many plans, Israel. The plan is to really get going again with seeing couples. Mm. I really want a lot of, I want more couples to come in um, and to open up all the revolution again. Those are my like next couple of weeks. Those are going to be happening. Mm. And then after that, I want to open up a few masturbation circles and um, kind of get people. Wait, that's not Volvo Revolution? No, well, it would be Volvo Revolution, but at the same time, but as well as they, I would actually walk women through how to bring themselves to an orgasm as well. Yeah. So, um, that would require, you know, actually physically touching yourself and like having the, having maybe some vibrators there and a couple of dildos and things like that to kind of have them find their own pleasure. Mm. So that's something I'm not, I don't, we'll see how Halifax feels about that. Sweet. Yeah. Man, thank you so much, Serena, for coming. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to have you back. Yeah, I want to come back. Yeah, I do. I know, I have so much to say. This is the Blackout Podcast. Thanks 
for listening.